1: Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. It's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Let's um, continue the uh, trade deadline conversation for a second here. Courtney Cronin, Alex Boone. Um, Alex were you surprised at all any percentage surprised that the Vikings did not do anything and should they have done something no.
2: No, no, listen, listen, and people, there's a lot of people that have a lot of philosophies, but this one thing I know, it's when you add pieces late to the puzzle, they better really jive quickly, because if they don't, they can fracture it, you know what I'm saying? Like, if if the team's moving in the right direction, and you're like, hey, man, we got everything we need, just go with it, we're rolling now, the train's left, this bus is gone, we got to go with this, because the chemistry's right here, and sometimes when you throw in that new piece, man, it can really go haywire.
0: I agree, and I think that they felt all along that the core that they have um, would potentially get them to the playoff, can potentially get them to the playoffs. I mean, certainly at six and two right now, it's looking pretty good. But they had fielded calls on Stefan Diggs throughout the whole notion that he didn't want to be here. They had fielded calls dating back to free agency on Trey Wayne's. Um, I know Xavier Rhodes' name was thrown in there, but that kind of died off uh, back in like the off season, but there was times where they could have made moves and they could have tried to reshape this roster, potentially help their cap situation for uh, 2020 and beyond, but this is a win-now league, and these are players that they think they can win now with, and they've never been active at the trade deadline, at least not in recent history. It's just not a team that constantly makes a lot of moves. I mean, Rick trades in April. We know that. I am still reeling from the third day of the draft this year where there were nine draft picks (laughs) because he just kept trading back. Yes, he did. Um, I'm not surprised, and I think that just given kind of what that would do to turn it, I mean, just with their cap situation right now, that handicapped them from being able to do anything, and it could potentially do the same in free agency where I don't expect them to be very active at all.
1: So, uh, very few moves uh, today, a couple as we led up to the trade deadline, but not too many that impact the Vikings in any way, shape, or form. So, Alex, I I want you to rank the NFC teams for me. Give me your top five. Like where do the Vikings sit if you are going one through five in the NFC now that we know that the rosters are pretty much set.
2: I mean if you think about it, number one is obviously going to sit San Francisco. And people can say what they want about them, but they're definitely the team to beat right now. They have the best defense out there in the NFC. They have an offense that's predicated off the run game, right? But it's not just one guy doing it. It's like three guys doing it. It's Mostert, it's Tuffin Coleman, it's Breida. And then you got Juszczyk, who's going to be coming back soon. You don't even have your two starting tackles, and you just eviscerated the Panthers. And I know that they have a backup quarterback, but that guy was playing really hot for a long time. And that's hard to kind of punch a guy in the face when he's doing really well, but they... They didn't just punch that dude in the face, like they they made lunch meat out of that guy. And you look at the Saints, right? And everybody and you and I had talked about this. We were texting over the weekend. I was telling you about what my wife was saying it was, Hey, listen, you think that maybe they should have left Teddy? And I was like, No. Drew needs to start. Drew's the Hall of Fame quarterback. He's the guy to be out there. He's the guy that's gonna walk right into Canton. You don't just say, Hey Drew, Teddy's got the heater right now, buddy, we're gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's like, no, dude, I don't think you get it. <laughs> I'm going out there. Like, I'm a competitor. That shows you the competitor that he is. But that team, as well as they played with Teddy at the helm, and now they get Drew back, I mean, that's incredible. And then you look at, like, the Seahawks. You know, they're a tough team, but they're not playing well at home this year. So I don't know if they're up there. I think that when you talk about the Vikings, they fall somewhere like three or four right now. And And just because there's some teams that are looking like they're like, man, they can't catch their footing. Like they look good one week, but then the next week they kind of get beat up like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> you can't go into New York and let New York smack you around. I'm sorry. Right. Like that's you're the Cowboys, dude. You got. Oh, we lost
1: Alex. Everything he was so hyped up. During I know he's so uh, jacked up that talking his about his the Cowboys, being able to go died.
0: in and um, establish some dominance. I agree with him though, where he kind of has them. I'm was taking mental notes just on his rankings. Um, I would probably put Dallas around 4 or 5. I think that that's a fair spot because they look really good some weeks. Dak looks incredible some weeks and then when the pieces aren't all completely aligned, they the bottom falls out. Um, as it go as it stands, I mean, I think we're all kind of in agreement. It's 49ers, Saints, Packers right now in your top 3. If you're looking at this from like a power ranking standpoint, all 3 of those teams have remained at the top and have not needed to change what they're doing whatsoever. So, I mean, I put the Vikings around four. I think that that's, like, you could probably make it interchangeable between Vikings, Seahawks, and Cowboys for four or five if you're looking at the top five in the NFC. Um, But, you know, the way that things have gone for Seattle, I mean, they're great on the road. Can they do that at home? They have an MVP caliber player at quarterback. Guy who's probably going to run away with the award here in the next few weeks. Um, But I just don't know, like, you know, overall, like, can you look at Minnesota's body of work and say that it's better than what the Seahawks are doing, better than what Dallas are doing? I would be willing to say, just despite some of the teams that they've played, and I know people are going to say, yeah, they've played some really bad teams here. Um, I would put them up against you know anybody in the in the f- from four on.
1: Well, Alex, isn't this what makes it difficult? Is the schedules and trying to figure out how much that has impacted the standings right now?
2: No, but I think a lot of it to me. It- is impacting is where do the vikings play if you play the vikings in viking stadium dude you better get ready yeah because that team sits at like two or three then like that stadium has such an x factor that it blows people away i'm not kidding you you're in the middle of the game and you're like dude i'm blown away about the architecture in this room it's <laughs> like the capacity of people in this room and i don't feel like i'm cramped and my style is cramped. like you're like this is amazing and it takes away from the game and it's like you're like oh my god i'm back but when they're on the road, you go into some of these stadiums like New Orleans, dude. That's another place you get lost in that stadium because mm-hmm. they just bear down on you, and they're so loud and they're vicious, and they never let up. Like they're those fans that they could be down twenty-one points in the fourth quarter, they're still going to give you everything they got. They're they're a city that believes in their team, and that that makes a team really dangerous. I
1: think it's a great point that what how far the Vikings go in the playoffs might depend not so much on them making the playoffs, because I think that they will, and Football Outsiders has them right now at a 75% chance to make it. I would agree with that, that their chances are very high, even though they have a difficult second-half schedule. But it might depend on whether the Packers or Saints or them end up with the home field. If the Vikings have a home playoff game, they're probably winning it. But if they have to go on the road and go all the way through the playoffs on the road... I just don't think that's happening, and uh, Alex, maybe you can answer this. We were talking about this earlier about the Vikings on the road. Is it just that U.S. Bank Stadium can make them look really, really good because it's a tough place to play, and that's why sometimes they look different on the road, or is there something with this team that would impact that?
2: No, I you know, that's such a hard question because, you know, you go into an opposing stadium and sometimes, you know, the way games you had to play that year were the tough games. You know, the Saints, the Patriots, you're like, dude, it's just some really tough road games. But when you come into U.S. Bank Stadium, you can see that stadium affects other teams because they play differently in that stadium. I know that for a fact. Now, this team on the road, dude, we're halfway through the year. The teams that – some of these teams are going to make it in the playoffs, and I've seen this. Right now, people are like, they have no chance. But all of a sudden, they catch a hot streak, and some guys start to play well. And all of a sudden, they carry that over into December, and December carries over into January. And it's just, you know – When you're talking about the Vikings right now, yeah, I think they absolutely have a tough schedule, but they absolutely could make it in the playoffs. I think that they're a team to look for. I think they're a team that everyone's watching because they're like, man, this defense is stout. And that, to me, is going to win the Super Bowl. Everyone's looking around like, who's got the stoutest defense? Well, there's a lot of teams that are putting up some really nice numbers. And it's like the defense is looking at the offense like, can you keep up with us? Because if you can, we can go really far.
1: Courtney, do you agree with that? Do you think that this defense is good enough to take them deep in the playoffs?
0: Yes, but not 2017 form. Um, I know that you and I were talking about this on Sunday that kind of comparing where they were in 2017 to where the Patriots are now. I mean, it's a historic run for New England. I don't know that the Vikings defense, when they were number one, I mean, granted, the numbers are completely different, and that's the argument. That's not the argument we're making here. They never felt like that lockdown can win you any game. I don't know. I felt like there were times where, you look at this offense in 2017 when trying to get back to the NFC championship level and thinking that was the weakest link at, at certain points in games, and this defense was always going to bail, bail you out. Is this defense now going to always bail you out? No. I don't think that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, there have been, several, the same same there've been several instances this season where the offense has had to come through, and they have, and that's kind of been the narrative that this offense has had to shake the last few years, that, you know... They are going to falter when 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 the game is put on their shoulders. It's not going to go well. But I think that this year alone, we've seen several examples of it. Um, and I just you know now that they start out the second half of the like we will find out the strength of this team in these next two weeks mm-hmm. because you start the second half of your season on the road. You have to go to Kansas City. You have to go to Dallas in back to back weeks. You have Seattle, not that far from these two games. To me, this tells you what kind of team you have, like how far they will be able to go in the playoffs, because they are a playoff team. Like, it's, unless something goes incredibly wrong here in the second half, right. um, they are a playoff team. Because even when they were going into their bye week, what, week 10 last year, and they were above, like, two games above 500 it still didn't carry that vibe. And they still had a very, very hard schedule coming out of the bye. It feels different this year, probably because of what we've seen on offense, not necessarily what we've seen on defense. We expect the defense to be good here in Minnesota.
1: Um Right now, the Vikings are 12th in expected points added on defense. Number 1 and 2 are the Patriots and 49ers, naturally. And the Packers and Bears are 5th and 6th. Now, the Bears aren't a threat for the division, but they are a threat in Week 17. As we saw last year, they were able to slow down the Vikings, and they've had Kirk Cousins' number. And then the Packers, I don't think many of us would have thought, well, they'll have a better defense overall, statistically, than the Vikings. But they do right now. And, Alex, I, I wonder if they're playing good quarterbacks down the stretch, if these numbers kind of sustain where they are, if they're a mid-pack defense, even though they have so much talent. If the cornerbacks continue to not play super well, then I, I, I think it's hard to say that they're going to be so good that a defense can carry them through the playoffs.
2: No, I agree with you. And I think that's we've said this before, that... You know, your run game's going to get you into the playoffs, and then from there, your quarterback gets you to the Super Bowl. And that's where your defense shows up and they win it for you. And, you know, when you talk about finishing this season, yeah, dude, I mean, you're looking at some quarterbacks that could, while their teams don't reflect it, they could still do some damage if they want to. I mean, a lot of these teams I feel like are up and down, but there are certain players on their teams that can always light up a scoreboard. I mean, you look at the Chargers. Phillip Rivers is one of those guys that can sling the ball better than anybody. If he's having an odd day randomly because, you know what, we just went willy-nilly, it's like, man, this guy can light it up and you're right the defense comes into question but I think that when you look at these quarterbacks you know, especially like an Aaron Rodgers the reason that his defense is looking really good right now is because he's putting up so many points so fast that a team has to try and play catch up really quick and when you can just pin your ears back and go hey go get that one dude right there and go have fun Well, that just makes the D lineman's job so much easier, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to stop the run because who's going to run the ball against us, guys? We're up 28 points. Aaron Rodgers just threw another touchdown to the guy (laughs) carrying the soda pop. I mean, like, everybody's (laughs) getting to score right now. It's incredible. Like, who are we going to cover? Well, that's just the running back. Don't worry about him. Yeah, that guy's got 13 touchdowns this year. He's a threat now. He's just become an official threat because Aaron can still put the ball where he wants to. Well, the defense in turn goes, hey, we're going to pin our ears back, play a little cover two, and have some fun. Let's just go. I mean, that's what makes these defense get to have fun, score points. They look like they're just playing with reckless abandon. All right, let's take a break. we got
1: neck rolls. And also, it's eight games in for the Vikings. I would love you guys to pick one random award that is not MVP or Offensive Player of the Year. Make up your own award for a Minnesota Viking player. When we come back, we'll do that. Uh, Here on Purple Daily, you're listening to Score
0: North.